Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is underway from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The crew is all here and we are ready to get you to the weekend. The football weekend packed with college and NFL discussion. We've got Austin Price of AllQuest.com. Later in the show today, third hour, he will join us, and we will chat all things Tennessee and Kentucky as the Vols look to move forward into the first week of November to take on Georgia. The Bulldogs taking on the Gators and the cocktail party. We'll preview that game as well. Gentlemen, good afternoon. It's Friday, boys. It's here. Made it to the end of the week. It is here. Let's close out with that Friday energy. I'm ready. I had a little of a... A little moment last night, boys. I fell asleep um, downstairs before that. I saw the two-minute warning, but I don't remember the very end of that game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Woke up uh, around midnight. Had some laundry I had to deal with really quickly. Got back into bed. Saw I had a text from McLean. But By I'm, bed, you mean bed or back to the couch? No, back into bed. Okay. Um, <clears throat> always have the dilemma. Wake up Teresa from the couch where she's dead asleep or not. And I'm, I bat like... 50 50. I left her last night. You stay down there. <laughs> um, she's, she's at liberty to come up anytime she chooses, like I did. Uh, so I have a text from McLean, <clears throat> who I had asked earlier to send me a picture of the World Series ticket when he got it from Mattress Matt. <laughs> Physical evidence, right? So to send you <clears throat> a picture of it? Yeah. Okay. Curious about the seat and all of that. <laughs> Right. Okay. Yeah. By the way, Chad, uh, just let me interrupt. Paper tickets still exist. I'm going to interject when I know details. This is um, Paul. This is the definition of a beggar being a chooser. No, no, I'm not being a chooser. I'm just curious. We're we're picking up where Mattress Mac left off here. Uh, Paul has the ticket. He was scheduled to fly in and go pick it up from Mattress Mattress Mac. Mac. From Gallery Furniture. From Gallery Furniture. So McLean and McLean called. You were talking. You were talking to. Did you call him to thank him or something? Well, he called. And no, McLean called me. Did he me. offer to go pick it up? Or did you ask him to go? No, pick McLean it up? called me out of nowhere and he said, "I'll get your ticket." Okay. Because the place isn't uh, won't be convenient for you to get to. Where are you? Where are you staying? I told him, you know, where I'm staying, and he said, "I'll get your ticket." What and amazing then if, service! If you're up for going. You know, two hours before the game, which I, I might have gone earlier than that. So, for those who are just joining us this week, Paul's going to the World Series game two tomorrow night, which is with ridiculous. Mattress Mac and John McClain. Thanks to Mattress Mac, and so well, um, thanks to John McClain. Well, who, I would have found my way there to get the ticket and to whatever. But McClain's making it super easy. <laughs> yeah. It's like valet service, and so he said, "I'll get your ticket, and then I'll pick you up on my way there." E- easy, not out of my way at all. To be fair, John booked Mattress Mac for us. Yeah. <laughs> That's my yeah, point. No, yeah, so. So, but he sends me this text, which I read kind of in a haze because I'm half asleep. He says, he gave me one for you Friday. He didn't have any Saturday ticks. So that, that's what I read. The rest of it says, I pick them up tomorrow. You better remind me about the pick tomorrow. 
but I didn't really get the I pick them up tomorrow. So I read this as I had a Friday ticket, not a Saturday ticket. Right. And I'm like, oh, this whole thing is falling apart. <laughs> right. So it's, it's after midnight, 1227, I wrote him back, bleep, I can't get there tomorrow. So I went to bed thinking I'm out. Like yeah. my ticket wound up being for Friday, not for Saturday. And this dream and then you woke has up and- died. I woke up. And he uh, had texted me in the middle of the night, by the way. John McClain, ladies and gentlemen, 2.34 yeah, a.m. He's up late like me. He t- <laughs> we, have, we have talked a lot at 1 a.m. <laughs> he said he didn't have his Saturday tickets on Thursday. I'm going to the store Friday to pick up our Saturday tickets. You're good. I wrote back, oh, with an exclamation mark. And he said, sorry for the confusion. So I went to bed thinking I was out. I woke up. I'm back in. And are you behind the dugout, like you said? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. Paul if you, if you is are, also, you... by the way, the least verbose person that I know on text. I'm a minimalist. Totally. To a, a confusing degree. Like I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm relieved. Thank you so much again for the ticket. I would have gone out of my way to show gratitude. You said, oh bleep, I'm out. And then, oh, <laughs> when he said, you're in. He understood me. Okay. I hope so. Yeah, I would. I mean, I'm just saying. You think that you don't? So I think John has an extra ticket for tonight that was intended for me. Oh, so now he gets to give that away, and you still have your ticket for tomorrow. Yeah, that's all. Who do we think he takes? Dan Pastorini. This is a great question. Yeah. Um, We need to play this game and then text him and get an answer to this. But but Haywood Jeffries. (laughs) Man, Chad, this is. We could go down a lane here it's, where it's take we could a throw Texans, out some names. Our, from our Browns. <laughs> I'm just we could throw out names John 20 McClain's years ago now. Rolodex of who yeah. could go with them to this Astros game. Uh, hit us up him. at OutKick360 throughout the show. That's how you can join us. You can also join Chad in the chat on YouTube. Just We hope you'll subscribe as you do that at OutKick360. You can also watch live, OutKick.com. And you're listening live on this great radio station. Um, Ravens have won their second game and they're, they've won two in a row now for the first time all season. They did that last night, Thursday Night Football in Tampa Bay. But the story is with Brady and with the Tampa Bay Bucks, who have now lost for the fourth time in five games. News comes out this morning. Uh, Brady and Giselle making it official. The divorce is final. And he released a statement on Instagram. This has been she did the saga after. of the last six weeks. And it was going on even prior to to that when he took the 11-day hiatus during training camp, which just so happened to be here in Nashville where he wasn't here with the team. Um, And now, based on the results of last night and everything off the field with him, Atlanta and Carolina on Sunday is for the number one spot in the NFC South. The winner will be the leader in the division. It's inconceivable to me. I mean, it's Carolina both of them are inconceivable, the but division. Carolina leading the division after firing its coach. Yes. And uh, Trading it's McCaffrey. just crazy to me. And PJ Walker's the quarterback, them. not, not Baker. Yeah. It's crazy to me on the Brady front. Look, um, it's sad to, to, you know, know what's going on with them and all of that. It's sad to think that in some way, as far as we know, he was choosing between two loves, it seems like, right? Uh, he wanted one more season. Yeah, he wanted more, and she had uh, drawn a line, as far as we know. Yeah. And he went beyond the line, and she said, you know, we, you know, the story is, as we know it is that 
he crossed it, and she said, you know, man, I, I drew the line. And yeah, but I, we've I talked about this multiple times from the interviews that we've heard with her about yeah. him being more of a family guy and everything. And um, Keep in mind, every interview that, was, that came out was before. Pre-taped. All pre-taped, all, all in the camp before all the drama really started yes. in training camp. But he even talked about this in his interview with Howard Stern, which was during an early offseason where he said, you know, she, she it talked about her saying this. You know, well, when, is, when but, is your turn to new. stay home that, that part, and take well, care of some family stuff as opposed to me doing new, it? But five years ago when he was still in, in New England, the, this was still her concern. Yeah. And, and the fact that he... Many thought he was going to retire when he was done with the Patriots and because of up, that. Uh, he gave up off-season programs. But then to, he, to I mean, make, he leaves, to, goes to Tampa, to wins the Super Bowl, and he still doesn't retire. Yeah. Right? Like, he does not go out winning a Super Bowl in Tampa in year one. And now he stayed for this, to, to be looking up in the standings at Carolina or Atlanta. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think everything that happened today and, and has happened over the start of the season for him really all came together, it's just my opinion. In the 40 days he retired, which is why he came back. That's that's my initial thought with it. I also think... Why the 11-day absence? See, I, I keep thinking now, looking back why at that 11-day absence, yeah, th- that was where they were just finalizing a divorce. Yeah. I think they need to be in the same room because they had lawyers across the table from each other finalizing the details of their divorce. That They announced Sorting out custody. the divorce is finalized today. This was not a, I'm going to go hang out with my family and save my marriage situation. This was a, it's over. We're finalizing things. This is why I need the 11 days. I'll announce it when it's done, but we're not going to leak anything about what's going on. Seems likely. Seems a lot more likely than the masked singer. <laughs> yeah. In Although I was what really if, rooting for the masked singer but, reveal for Tom Brady. But what if uh, he's doing both? Uh, I'm glad you said, someone mentioned this, and I, I wish I could give them credit, but they were like, whoever leaked that story is brilliant. Did him a big favor. Because you're promoting this, the show without having any reason to do so. And it gave them cover. While they're taping the show, which means you get to keep everyone else who's doing it secret, because everyone thinks it's Brady anyway. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Meanwhile, he had a cover, cover for this. <laughs> Smart. Right. It's, uh, um, number, second thing I thought this morning. Do not count Tampa Bay out. There's a lot of people, a lot of headline shows, hot take shows that the headline is, are Brady and the Bucks done? Look around the division. Atlanta and Carolina are playing for the number one spot in the NFC South. That alone is why you can't count them out. Second, there's no, everything's out in the open now. It's done. He's got this extra weekend now and he goes into the next week. I... I hesitate to bet against Brady or Rodgers with anything this season in terms of in or out of the postseason. The Bucs have a lot of issues. They still have a trade deadline to take advantage of, and they have Tom Brady as their quarterback. And the last time we thought he was washed up was 2019 when Logan Ryan intercepted, returned it for a touchdown in the wildcard game in Foxborough in his final game as a Patriot, and then he turned it in the following year into a Super Bowl. So I, I don't put it past him to play better after this based on all the distraction to begin the season. The challenge is significantly lower. The bar for the division is yes. significantly lower. But that's part of the issue. That, that, so they beat up on bad teams for many years yeah. in, in the AFC East, but they were playing at a super high standard. They don't need to play at a super high standard now. I don't know what the rest of their schedule holds. It's a first-place schedule, obviously. But um, 
Uh, yeah, the three teams they're competing against in the division are not good. Well, they've got the Rams coming up. They come off the, the 10 days, and they will be hosting Los Angeles. And then they have the Seahawks at home. So they go Rams, Seahawks, back-to-back. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, the Rams are looking at that as a get-healthy game, get-well get game. And the Seahawks are, are a better football team than they and are. It's a lot of teams that are, are fighting for position. So the Seahawks lead their division right they're now. they're only four and Same three. record as a lot, right? You've got the Rams who are trying to, to get back going. They're playing this. They then go on the road to Tampa Bay. Um, the Browns is next on the schedule. Then they have San Francisco's in the mix. San Francisco's trying to fight for playoff. The Bucks are right in the thick of it. And now they have Brady who chose football. Again, and it's, I, I think he's, he's out to prove a point. I, I do not think he just steps back and says, you know what, this is how I'm going out. It's over. I saw I a lot of those tweets last night. But, but a lot not, of times these guys it's don't not, end on the top of the world. It's not up to him, though. And th- th- this is the point I want to make about, about Brady and all of this. Um, you can't count them out, no, because the division sucks. So they could still win a few games and, and get you know win that division because it's not any good. But – the assumption we make with Tom Brady is he has been so successful and won so much is that it's just going to happen again. There's no way with this guy and his preparation and his determination that he will not succeed. He cannot lose his marriage and not make the playoffs in the very next year. It's not going to happen. But maybe that's the story here. Maybe they are that bad. I keep watching that team and thinking, I'm with you, Hutton, in my mind, because I've seen it over and over and over again. We count him out, and he prevails. Uh, they count him out of the NFL draft. He prevails. Yep. They count him out at Michigan. He prevails. We're counting him out now because of this. So it's impossible to lay money down and bet against Tom Brady, but I, what a crazy story that is. Well, here's if the other he part elected of it. to come back for a third year with Tampa after losing in their first playoff game a year ago, after announcing his retirement, he comes back, it leads to divorce, and they suck. That does not feel like a Tom Brady storyline. And that would tell well, us he doesn't right, get so the storybook ending every time. But we're going, who we're going with history and saying that we can't count him but out. Tom, Something's going to turn. Tom Brady is different. He won the Super Bowl after leaving Belichick the following season, and he came back. And then he was a comeback away from, and I'm, t- I'm talking about Stafford, where they came back, what, 24-3, to 27-3 in that game? Came back to tie it, and then Stafford had the game-winning drive to win it. And if not for that, they would have been playing San Francisco for the right to go to the Super Bowl in back-to-back years. I, I mean, if it, if it ends where they don't make the playoffs, I don't think he's done. I don't think the GOAT goes out like that. If he's not going out winning a Super Bowl... He's not going out losing out on the playoffs. I, I don't either, and I think he'll come back. But we can go down the line, and there's a lot of people that we thought wouldn't go out the way they did that have been great Very in multiple few sports. And, on top. And, the, and the quarterbacks that we could think of who Brady ended on had top a lately. Two years ago. Manning wasn't carrying his team by any means at the end. He was, he was being carried. Peyton Manning ended out on, on top only because the, the defense carried him. In the running game. But he wisely said, I can't physically do this anymore. And he was done. So they he ended with a Super Bowl title. I mean, look, I, I'm with you, Hutton, in that if I had to guess what's going to happen based on history, Tom Brady comes back next year and the Bucs win a Super Bowl. Even if they so, don't get it done this year, but so let me, pl- let me pull out the point you made. There could be a twist 
in this Cinderella story that is Tom Brady throughout well, his career. So you mentioned it's it's not just on Brady, it's the situation with Tampa. And a lot of people, and I agree with them, the offense is broke. You know, broken. They've got a, a situation now where they're not on the same page. The offensive line is providing you know pressure to him where he's having to throw faster than he has in a decade. Todd Bowles said a lot without saying much last night where he said, like, they are going to consider staff changes. That has to include Bruce Arians in the building giving his recommendations on the offense again. And even if you don't announce it, I don't know why you wouldn't turn to him if Todd Bowles looks at Bruce Arians as a guy that gave him a chance, and he did, set him up to win. Todd Bowles is on the brink of being fired before he's about to get in a contract extension. And Bruce so, Arians set him up, set him up to ex- succeed. I, I think the mini buy here sets up Brady based on today's news and all the distractions and everything that Todd Bowles is saying at the podium last night. They can reconvene and actually put something together at the trade deadline and with their scheme that's going to get some... He, he and Mike Evans last night in the red zone. We have not seen not that the since they, they've played together. Leftwich and the, Tom the Moore, though, are still there. So I just find it hard to believe fine. with Arians in the building that there's such a disconnect between what they were doing and what they're doing now. Yeah, and and you know, Chris Godwin is a non-factor. They they don't have much of a run game. Point B, they have a lot of issues. Their defense, to me, can carry the load, but they're not. And that's how they can get back in the mix. And, and that's let's both. focus back on the division. They can get back in this fairly quickly. And they have uh, an they extra a lot weekend of games. now to get ready for it. Except they get a lot of games between now and division games. It'd be great if they came out of this bye and started with Carolina and Atlanta. They could yeah. get healthy quick. They could get well quick if that was the case. But the games you rattled off, I, I don't feel great about it, about their chances to come out and rattle off three in a row, which is what you need if you're in their situation. I, I just, um, unless it's an injury, I don't think losing is how he's going out. I, I just... You can't go out on top every year. I get that, but he's not going out by winning five games. Russell in our YouTube chat says, most husbands don't retire until they're at least 65. Giselle is being unreasonable. <laughs> well, and most, and most people uh, work every month out of every year. Yeah. yeah. You know, this dude's See, he got does four months. Work. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's working out on the beach, but I mean, choose the beach you want to go to for him to work out on. It's, uh, and he did give up off-season no, it's, several it's, it's years It's crazy ago. how people are comparing their everyday lives to uh, the Yeah, Giselle. I just, it's not, it's not, not your not life. <laughs> it's a great line of RC Blues of I don't yeah. want your life. Yeah. You want that life, and that's not your life. Their, their relationship and their time and what they do and their jobs are very different <laughs> like yours. than everyone else's relationship and job and it's what right. you do. It's not better or worse. It's just different. I mean, I love, it's better I how, financially. Uh, someone said on, like, uh, Tom needs to get there and get in the, the pickup line at school. I'm like, you really think Giselle's doing that? Come I, on. I keep going back to this. It's just, <laughs> I, I don't want to say too much. I don't, I don't want to say too much. But they've got help. It's, of course. It's, it's, now it's his time of thinking, for what? Are you taking the kids to every event? Are you like, I mean, watching them all day? Maybe narrative. they're doing more than we think. That's the average fan's narrative, though, based on their day-to-day social life. It's not, 
It's totally different. And their dream. If I had a ton of money and I was rich and famous, I wouldn't be looking after these little rugrats. <laughs> well, you could hang out with your kids. Like he, he's involved in what they're doing, but yeah, I mean they're not sitting, you know, uh, ten cars deep in a pickup line. No. Sorry, it's it. They don't have the same. Uh, it screams name to me that, that almost it was like, if, if, mirror. if this was the ultimatum at forty-five for him for her, it's uh, it's almost like a <laughs> you've had the spotlight for far too long. It's my turn. I don't. I don't think it was just the like I'm going to go away and work now and do other things I want to do, and you're going to be here around yeah. the home base and not go away for a football season and always be unavailable during a football season. So it's a. I don't know that it's a, hey, look at me, look at me, put all the attention on me now. You've, you've been the star of the relationship for too long as much as a it, – it's, it's, it's a weird – And how fast we overlook that we he's don't taking know. off we don't Wednesdays. He's not with his team. I mean, he's doing more he than he's the ever wedding. done. What is he doing on those Wednesdays? He went to the wedding. Is Probably that the day he goes to meet with a lawyer? I don't know. To get it, is he back on Wednesdays now that it's finalized? I, I, don't, I don't know. That's well, a good he's, question. Been, he's been with the team in recent Wednesdays. Based so on it the must have been schedule. finalized. They were just – waiting on lawyers to finish it up. I, I just hope the distraction behind him and we see him play up to the capabilities of the offense based on last year and the year prior. I wonder what, if what that, a miserable story if he just is never good again and the team sucks for the next I two years. I don't buy that. Not after I, I said that in 2019. I thought he was done in 2019. That was a miserable year for I don't, him. I don't believe and, that will happen either, but we have to allow for that possibility. I believe it could happen. Now, I, I believe they could be in a Titans-like situation where they, they win the division. But they're, they're not, not very even, good in the playoffs because of what's around him. I think he rises well, to the occasion, but they're just not so. a very good football team. But you're all, in that in that comparison, we're comparing Tannehill to Brady. No, and, well, I mean we know, and who we're who, also comparing who wins that. Uh, a, a regime that has already won a Super Bowl in the last three years. Yeah, we know who wins on both those fronts. Right, but I just don't think I, there's not very much you look at about them now, including his play. It is just that suggests that amazing. they're going to be a January it, football. Team. It's just it's it's tongue in cheek, like funny to me. How many people in the media worship this dude? And today they're like, just retire already. Just retire. And Adam Schefter got crushed for breaking the story literally eight months ago. Crushed. And now all the national media, just retire. Get out of here. Well, why, why retire Keep now? Playing. I can't see anybody encouraging. I can't. I, I, who's encouraging him to retire now? Have you on not a team seen in the, the middle social media response? I, like, I've not so seen that. regular people, like, but man, not NFL people. He's washed up. Like, are, are, are they doomed? I'm, I'm thinking. Come if on. If he walked out on his team now, that would be a huge stain on him. Just, just so many parrots. That's not how so he many parrots covering the, Paul, the NFL. He'll, Paul, he'll walk out on his family before he walks out on that team. <laughs> Let's yeah, be honest. You don't walk out on a team. He's not walking out of that locker room. He's not doing it. I don't think he's walking out of his family either. I mean, his dad's there last night. He's got his, you know, kids' different games that he's doing on his time off. And I think this was done a long time ago, months ago. And look, that Fox I think it was done the 11 days. I, that, that's my... It was done during the 40 days he retired. Yeah, and, and he left. But why did he, then why leave for 11 days? I think he had to leave for 11 days to finalize things with lawyers. Well, maybe. Is what he didn't want to announce. Because it's just now final. Is what he's announcing. There was, no, there was no reconciliation going on. Is my point. It's been over for a while. It's yeah. just. It's just. It, you guys understand the irony where I'm coming from. On Schefter's crush for breaking this news, and then he retires. Also, and then he's like, well, she Brady get, didn't really want to do it, but Schefter forced him to. No. And the get, Fox commitment. On. You know, look, we all know it's not the same. You don't have to be watching film well, when you get home thing. to the same degree. But it's a significant. Does she get half of that? It's a significant commitment. I mean, that's what. 
Call me a bad guy, but my first thought was, did he make sure to sign that after the divorce? Well, she's oh, worth more than he is. Prenup it. I but mean, she's worth not, a ton of money, It's still too. not going to stop her from going after everything she can get and her attorneys. Half a doing that. I think Brady's going to be just fine, just like she will be just fine. Oh, Both I, of them. Look, I'm not telling, you know, they don't need to call social services or uh, start filing for social security or anything anytime soon. How, do they, split, saying, how, do, how do they split their seventh home? I would want to protect that, that $375 million that I just signed <laughs> for or whatever it was for Tom Brady. Coming up, Saturday's big games. We going to get you ready we've got with rose top 10 games of the college football weekend we give in-depth analysis 10 through 1 next on outkick 360 get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up in about 20 minutes, I've got my outright NFL underdog winners. We'll see if Paul and Chad will... Place their money with me. We were one for three last week. I'm going three and zero this week. Wait. However, I don't know if you guys will agree because I'm outside the box with a lot of picks this week. Three straight um, winners this week for the NFL weekend. I'm pumped up for it. I need some winners badly, boys. <laughs> need some winner bat. Need some winners badly. I've been going to put more money into my accounts too frequently lately. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can do that. We are live. Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. It is time for Chad Withrow's top 10 games of the college football weekend. Need more reasons to watch college football? It's time to bang some hats. Here's Chad Withrow's must-see games this weekend. Game number 10. Number 10. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Illinois at Nebraska. <laughs> We're going to go 10 down to 6 instead of 6 to 10. Game number 10, number 17, Illinois at Nebraska. Illinois minus 7. 2.30 central time kick on ABC. Nebraska's biggest challenge in this game. It's not going to be trying to go blow for blow with this great Illinois defense. They do have a great defense. It's finding a way to convert over 30% on third down. Illinois has given up over 30% on third down one time this year. That one time was a loss to a terrible Indiana team. Illinois sits right now with one loss in first place in the Big Ten West. Nebraska, they still are in contention for the Big Ten West right now. Just one quick comment on it. Every week, it, sound, it, it seems like Nebraska plays at home. Every week. Got a nice schedule. Yeah. Well, they also played a Friday night game at Rutgers. So it felt like that game didn't even happen. And they played in Dublin. <laughs> yeah. Again, you play Friday night at Rutgers, it didn't happen. <laughs> no one's caring about that. No one's no one's knowing about it on Upstream, Saturday. Upstream, red stream. Red team. Game number nine. Florida versus Georgia. World's largest outdoor cocktail party look in how, Jacksonville. Look how far this is falling down. Georgia. And it, hey, guys, I had to debate whether or not to include it on my <laughs> list. Georgia's a 22.5 point favorite. I included it for this reason, by the way, 3.30 Eastern on CBS. I think it's going to be wild. I think Florida's going to give them more of a game than what this line says. Anthony Richardson 
in the two most high-profile games this year for him. He's come up huge in those two games. Very inconsistent throughout the season, but came up big in the biggest moments. He threw for 168, rushed for 106 in that 29-26 win over Utah to open the season. He had 515 total yards, passing and rushing in four TDs, in a loss to Tennessee. I think he comes up big again. I think he keeps Florida in this game into the second half. Gators are going to have to play some defense on third down. 130th of 131, giving up 52.6%. This game comes down to the first half. Georgia has allowed only 32 points all year in the first half. If Florida can't score early, they're getting blown out. Georgia's covering. So you just have to decide if Anthony Richardson's going to play the best game of the year for him or not. And I go not. I would, I would too, based on the... I, I think the weather is supposed to be a little iffy, too, tomorrow. But that they, that could affect both teams, Jack. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who that's going to help, honestly. Uh, our producer, Colin, is about to get very excited about game number eight. <laughs> Notre Dame at Syracuse. Syracuse still ranked 16th. One loss of the year was a week ago at Clemson in a very close game. Syracuse, only a point-and-a-half favorite at home against the Notre Dame team. has been very up and down this year, but Notre Dame... They got a big win against a ranked opponent a couple weeks ago against BYU. They handled business against UNLV. Here's a stat for you about not giving up much in the first half. Notre Dame needs to get out to a fast start in this game because Syracuse is not an offense equipped to play catch-up. Notre Dame scored 23 points a week ago against UNLV in the first quarter. Syracuse has allowed 23 points in the first quarter all season. Wow. So what's going to give? If Notre Dame gets out to a quick start, I like their chances. They've dominated Syracuse in this series. That's a good game to watch, though. 11 a.m. Central Time kick on ABC. I need to see something from the Irish because the Irish still have uh, Clemson, right, coming up? They yep. do. They host Clemson and if you are, next week. And if you're a fan of the SEC getting three in, you're an Irish fan. So let's go. Let's go, Freeman. Clem, you're hoping for a lot of misfortune during this bye week for Clemson if you want another SEC team in because they got a bye week to get ready for Notre Dame next week. Game number seven, number 20 Cincinnati at UCF. This is a game for the American Conference. Uh, UCF, a one-and-a-half point favorite at home, 2.30 central time kick on ESPN. This is a, a schools, they've combined to win the last five American Athletic Conference championships. I think the winner of this game wins it again. So big game, small line down in Orlando at the bounce house where the UCF Knights play their home games. UCF averaging 37.3, Cincinnati averaging 36.9. Right there with each other. I want to see how the over-under lines up with those. Cincinnati has not lost since that opening week loss at Arkansas, but they've struggled at times, so should be a good game. Game number six, Lane Kiffin. He's got a big mouth, and we love it. He's going to say what he thinks. He talked some trash about AM. Late train, baby. Outbidding for his guy, DJ Durkin, as defensive coordinator. Outbidding the Rebels for some talent. Some talent acquisition down there at College Station. Should be a feisty you, atmosphere. You at should be a tweet, though, a retweet yeah, of, he, of the stadium. He, he retweeted a tweet making <laughs> fun of the fact that you can get into the AM Ole Miss game at AM for $2. And Lane Kiffin retweeted, <laughs> I'm thinking, funny from a guy who just. Complained yeah. about his own crowd not showing up for a game and then leaving. Uh, it's it's classic Lane Kiffin. AM's offensive struggles, we know about them. Can they get anything going on offense? No. Their strength against the run lines up with what Ole Miss wants to do. 
but I just don't see them scoring enough points, even with that, to, to matter in this game. Ole Miss a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. I, I really like Ole Miss, just based on the run game. You know, that A&M has been so bad at stopping the run. 102nd in the country. And you've got the number three rushing offense in the country right now in Ole Miss. This is the Rebels game to win. This is a very uh, Big 12 theme to this week's top 10. Game number five, Baylor at Texas Tech. Texas Tech, a two-point favorite, 6.30 p.m. Central kick on ESPN2. Baylor has dominated Texas Tech since 2011. Since Art Bryles got it going, they've been dominant in this series. Close line in this game. Uh, two teams with multiple losses in the Big 12, but I think a very underrated game this week. It should be really good. And also, if you want TCU to lose a game this year, these are two opponents to watch That's right. because they've got them coming up. Over under 61. Over. Feels low. I would go over as well. Game number four, sticking in the Big 12. Oklahoma, a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Iowa State. 11 a.m. Central kickoff on FS1. Um, Oklahoma, a team that seemingly got it going a little bit more once Dylan Gabriel came back from his injury. Iowa State, a defensive-minded team. This is similar to a matchup we'll get to at number two of high-flying offense versus slow it down, run the football, defensive-style game. Who wins out in Ames, Iowa this weekend? Give me Ames. Give me Iowa State. I'm taking uh, the straight money line. Home underdog here. Let's go. Iowa State over Oklahoma. I don't mind that. I don't mind it one bit. I'm a big Matt Campbell guy. Game number three, also a big Mike Gundy guy. Number nine, Oklahoma State at number 22, Kansas State. One and a half point favorite for K-State. 11 a.m. Central kick on ABC. Um, I think this is the best of the of a really good slate of Big 12 games. This is the best one of the weekend. This comes down to coaching because both of these teams are extremely banged up and it's unclear from both rosters who are going to play. So even if certain guys are fighting through injuries... Coaching staff's got to put them in the right situation, right? You've got to manage that time. Oklahoma State, to me, is a team I would not want to play. Their defense, they just lost their defensive coordinator to Ohio State, and they're still the same defense. I take the defense on the road in conference here, and I'm taking the road underdog. Give me the Cowboys. Looks like my guy, Spencer Sanders, is healthier. He had two games with the completion percentage in the 40s. Got back up to 59% in the in the win over Texas. He's uh, he's had some struggles. This is for sole possession of second place. And if chat, if you said that, I apologize. But they are Oklahoma State is one play away from being in the college football playoff discussion. Keep that in mind here as they take on the Wildcats. Game number two, we've talked about a lot this week. Number 19, Kentucky at number three, Tennessee. This is a 6 p.m. Central Time kick. 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet will have the call in this one. I'm a little surprised, guys. I know you feel in line with this, but the amount of predictions I'm seeing from people that is Tennessee is going to destroy Kentucky in this game because they do not have the offense to keep pace with Tennessee. And teams that want to just hand it off and try to milk clock against the Vols ultimately will not win. This is going to sound like an insult, but I don't want it to. The media in college football treat Kentucky like the media in the NFL treat the Indianapolis Colts. They don't watch them that often. 
They're basing it off a preseason prediction, and so they're going with it again, and they're taking the points. Don't make that mistake in this game. Tennessee is far better than the preseason predictors would have thought at this point. And those same people backed Kentucky like they're doing this week in the national media. Take the balls at home under the lights in the black. They're going to rout the Wildcats tomorrow. I think it's a good comparison with the Colts, and I, I agree. I think Tennessee has no worry here. It's... um. I think I think two things work in favor for Kentucky in terms of perception. Look at all these nervous Vols fans over here. Well, it's Davey, what are you guys saying? Two things. Davey, Davey's not as nervous as I am. Two things work. In, Yesterday he sent me the final score from last year while we were ranting on this. 45-42. Yeah. Oh, time of possession. Oh. He was saying. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, two things work in Kentucky's favor. Oh, he not, agrees. No, no. And what I'm talking about is perception when you compare him to the Colts. People see that Will Levis is the number one overall pick in the draft, according to people. And they automatically assume they're good on offense. They're not. No. The other thing is Mark Stoops has been there for so long, people automatically assume they're a dominant SEC football program. Well, they're not. They're They've consistent. Been good. They've they're had consistent. Two, well, they were consistently bad early under Stoops. Then they got okay. Then they've had two 10-win seasons in the last four years. They're good. He's the second longest tenure coach in the conference for Absolutely. A they have a culture. They're good. People buy into that. I'm trying to explain why the media loves Kentucky so much. I don't get it with this team. I, I love them against Ole Miss. I love, you know, Florida. How can you like them in this matchup? I, at home, maybe. I, I don't. I don't I like don't them. It. I don't like them. All I'll say is Tennessee's yet to play a really bad game. Just putting that out there. They've yet to not show up. I think they're okay. Uh, so they're a very good well, team. we're going yeah. by going this year's history. They're that good, How? and they're always going to show up and play great. They played so-so at Pitt, not very good. But it's going to take a Pitt-like performance, and probably worse, to lose to Kentucky at home in this environment. So it's going to, it's going to be a lot of Tennessee beating themselves if they, they don't win. They, this is not same old Tennessee, you know. But man, I really want to buy in, but I've seen this before. This is, that, was, diff- that, was Bama. Different. that was Bama. That was Florida. Yeah, it feels this different. This is different. It feels different. I, I agree. And I think Tennessee will win. I, I do. But it would not shock me if something terrible happens in this game for Tennessee. I'm glad you have the number one game where it is. Yep. Number week. two, Ohio State at number 13, Penn State. Ohio State's a 15-point favorite. It is a, a Fox kickoff, a big noon kickoff. Um, I, I feel about like this game, Hutton, the way you feel about Tennessee and Kentucky. Okay. I think Ohio State rolls Penn State in this game. Penn State is not an offense with Sean Clifford that's equipped to keep pace with anyone that can really score. I think Ohio State sprints out in this one. The atmosphere is going to help Penn State. It's going to be, I think, the best atmosphere of the weekend possibly. But I, I don't know. I, I like so Ohio State. For about this 10 game. minutes o'clock time. Two things to watch here. The last six games in this series have been decided by 13 points or less. And Penn State has been flagged for only five pass interference calls all season. Their secondary's been good. Can they hold up against C.J. Stroud in this passing attack with Marvin Harrison Jr. lighting up the college football world? That's the matchup to watch here. And if Penn State can slow down the passing attack to where they're not otherworldly in this game, Penn State can cover. They're not winning this game. Ohio State's winning this game. But the 15 is about dead on because I would want to give them just just over where the spread has been the last six years. I'm going to give them about 14. 
instead of 13. And I hope it's a good game. And here it is. Ohio yeah, State. I, I'm with you. Obviously has a ton of weapons. Let's watch for Julian Fleming, who came there from Penn State, had 105 yards against Iowa. And here's the other thing, too. I'm not so sure that if James Franklin loses big in this game after losing big to Michigan, I don't know that he should ever truly be in trouble if he beats everyone else. Just third. I just think that's, At some point, that's though, the where Penn State is. Old. I agree, and it's going to get stagnant, and the fan base is going to get tired and apathetic of that. Yeah. You want to occasionally challenge? I just don't see right with now, the current state of Harbaugh and what he's got rolling at Michigan and yeah. Ohio State, whoever's coaching them, that they're going to be a factor with them consistently. But, you know, playing Kentucky in your bowl game every year sucks. Yeah. And it's such true. for the Wildcats, too. Like, that's right. it's the same they thing see every year in Florida. someone else other than Iowa or Penn State yeah. in a bowl game um, and, when yes. they're really good. Yes. Um, also, uh, keep this in mind about Penn State and, and their defense. Ohio State, the headlines this week, Iowa held them to under 400 total yards. They still posted 45 points in that game. How quickly we don't look at the scoreboard, we look at the total yards all of a sudden with what Iowa's defense did. They did better than most, but... I'm not sure how anyone can be as bad as Iowa at a program like that (sighs) offensively. I mean, you got to really try to not change something up, to not get something. In today's college football... Nepotism. Everybody does something occasionally. Like, you get something going on offense. The rules are set up in your favor, and the way the game's played, you should be able to do something. They're terrible, just like A&M. Ohio State's the only team in the country with a perfect red zone efficiency. They have scored a touchdown on all 36 strips inside the red zone. That's crazy. I think the the assumption is, you know, you brought this up with Eddie George. Excuse me, 31 of 36, and they've kicked a field. They haven't missed. You brought this up with Eddie George that he thinks Tennessee's better than Ohio State after you said Ohio State's better. I think the assumption is easy that Ohio State's got better players. They were picked to be better. They've got better recruits. That all is true. One thing that interests me, though, Tennessee and Ohio State are both – they're tied for eighth nationally against the run on defense. And what is one of the old adages? To win a title – you got to be able stuff, to shut down yeah. a team's run game. Now, Tennessee's Win breaking the, the 100s in yep. the, against the pass, but they stopped the other team running it and forced them to pass on them. It's a solid top 10 and a, a really, really it's a good, good top five. It's top a good five. week. It's a, it's a big week for the Big 12. Week nine. Now it's going to be the most the fun conference this weekend. Football season. I've got three winners for you outright underdog winners in the NFL. That's next in Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Guys, I've got outright winners for you this week in the NFL. And uh, the underdogs, I try to get two or three, but I'm only telling you the ones I'm putting the money behind. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go to do the same. We'll see if Paul and Chad agree. I'm taking the Washington Commanders on the road against Indianapolis. The biggest strength of the Commanders is their front seven on defense. The biggest weakness of the Colts, their offensive line. Give me Washington on the road winning outright as backups play. And Ellinger's making his first start. Meanwhile, 
Heineke is not. So I'm, I'm taking Washington on the road. Giants over the Seahawks. This is a, a tough one. But the Giants have trailed in every game this year, and they come back to find a way to win. I like their grit. I love their coach. I like the playmakers on defense, and Saquon Barkley is Saquon Barkley. Kenneth Walker III um, and, and Barkley, two of the only four running backs to average over 100 yards rushing per game as a starter in the league right now. This is going to be a tight game. I'm taking the Giants on the road because they win close games all season long, and by now it's no fluke. And the Cardinals over the Vikings, my biggest upset of the week. I'm taking Arizona on the road. The Vikings return at 5-1 and one off a bye. But keep in mind, Arizona had 10 days as well. They played on Thursday night. And Arizona blitzes on 42% of all plays. How do you beat Kirk Cousins? The stats will show you he's not as good when teams blitz him. I'm taking Arizona, their speedy defense. And I think Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in game number two take off. I'm taking the Cardinals on the road in Minnesota. Hut and I don't hate all three of these, but as something that uh, Mr. Ferentz at Iowa should do offensively, you need to adjust at times yep. when you're, something's not working. My gambling has not been working, so instead of parlaying these three, I'm betting all three separate. Okay, that's fine. This time. Well, I don't parlay these. This is just straight upsets. Well, I, I'm just I got taking money teased on. when you went three for three and I parlayed <laughs> one, so I keep going back to it, but now it's time to adjust. I parlayed Commanders. If you win one of these, you can get your money back. I parlayed Commanders and Giants together. I feel very good about those. I made both of those picks um, as well. I'm not as confident in the Cardinals, though. I've got a good item on that when we get to it later. It's time for Minnesota to rest the mean. At least that's my theory. Okay. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can join us. Headlines next.